Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Show World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211 Dan Patrick Sports. Also, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you uh, this week. Uh, well, not this week. We're on every day. So I'm already getting a little crazy. It's this election cycle, this lack of sleep. It's all, it's all of the above. But today, let's talk a little Champions League football as well as discuss some of the issues going on at Manchester United. Tomorrow, a little programming note, of course, I'm going to give you my in-depth analysis of all the Premier League matches coming up. Uh, this would be a great opportunity to tell you that the show is presented by betonline.ag, and with the NFL season in full swing, you might not be at the game, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Uh, I love Bet Online, by the way. They do. Uh, they take Premier League uh, bets, uh, Champions League, Ligue 1, Serie A, you name it, they got it. Uh, from game spreads, they got totals, they got uh, teams, players, coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there's always the online casino as well, which never closes. Uh, so head over to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. All right, I'm with you every a week night 6 p.m pacific and then again at midnight on sports overnight america so you get two opportunities to listen to the show but if you miss any of it live and you want to pick it up and you're saying oh my goodness what can i do look our podcast network the believe podcast network puts us out everywhere they've got other great programming as well uh, for example they've got the bsi podcast uh which has benny failhaber sal zizo uh Ikopara, and also, Shep Messing has a great podcast, the Shep Messing Daily Show. Check it out. But if you want to check out this show, go over to our podcast network, the Believe Podcast Network, or find us on uh, iTunes or any of your favorite podcast subscribers, podcast services, and uh, hit the subscribe button, and you'll get notified every time we have a new show. It'll download, and you can listen to it. All right. I'm Nick Eber. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Uh, when we come back, or when I come back, let's talk a little Champions League football. Don't go anywhere. Sometimes I try to do things and they just don't turn out the way I want it to. And I get real frustrated. And it's like, I take my time and I try real hard. But no matter what I do, and no matter what I try, it never works out. It's like I concentrate on it real hard, but it never works out. It's like, I need some time to figure this thing out. Honestly, I think at this point, and I apologize for that mic noise, I take back some of the quips that I made. Uh, wish the greatest player ever to play the game uh, a speedy recovery. Look, for all of his personal failings, and, and trust me, Diego Maradona has a lot of personal demons and failings. Uh, he is definitely a legend of the game. And in my opinion, the greatest player ever to play the game and I certainly don't, um, certainly not interested in making light of uh, any uh, medical emergency he might have. So uh, we wish Diego Maradona the best. Uh, let's talk about some of the other news 
rolling around. Uh, you know, you may have heard of Erling Braut Haaland, who is uh, the Borussia Dortmund player, is absolute. I mean, this is one of the bright lights of global football. This this kid is amazing. Well, lots of discussion about uh, big about January prying away of this great talent, either Manchester City to some talks of Man United doing it. But um, Hans Joachim Watzka, who's the chief executive of Borussia Dortmund, is saying that there is absolutely no release clause in his contract and he is not going anywhere. Uh, Juventus raising their head a little bit about Paul Pogba, you know, and I'm thinking with Manchester United maybe in some financial, you know, having some financial pressure and Paul Pogba not really providing the sort of franchise changing impact that I think everybody thought he would do. I'm wondering, I'm just wondering if Man United may be tempted to sell him back to Juventus. He's 27 years old. You know, he's probably got another contract and a half in him. And it may be interesting. Let's let's watch this one and see if United have some big targets in January. Maybe this is how they help uh, fund them. So we'll have to keep our eye on that. Barcelona apparently are looking at uh, Dombele at Tottenham. I think uh, looking for a summer move for that one. I think Tottenham would be uh, well suited to keep him, but that's just me. And... Um, more discussion about the fact that United have been, were missing out on some of their big targets, including Moussa Diaby, by the way, who's at Leverkusen, how they didn't get him as well. Uh, I, I did mention the other day about the Premier League and the pay-per-view issue. Uh, all 20 clubs have called a meeting now with the Premier League to talk about the pay-per-view situation. I am telling you, uh, they are going to change it. And if you're in the UK and tired of paying... Uh, all this money to watch the Premier League football uh, out of market, so to speak, then uh, you are going to be very happy because that is going to change very soon. Uh, look, the, a little later on in the show, I'm going to dive a little deeper into the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer situation, <clears throat> which we have been alluding to on and off all week about the Premier League. Look, I talked about the cycles of football and how... You know, if you came into being a Premier League follower uh, around the, the aughts, the 2000s, right, uh, you would have been uh, Man United through and through, a diehard United supporter, never known anything but United winning and winning and winning and winning. And then Alex Ferguson leaves and uh, boom, you know, the world changes, right? Um, and that's what I was talking really about, you know, the cycle of football. Look, Alex Ferguson left in... 2013 so it's been seven years since he was at the helm of United and in those seven years it has not been a happy time at Manchester United they've gone through uh you know a range of different a range of different managers uh starting of course with the uh with the man himself who was hand-picked to replace him uh which was David Moyes uh and subsequent to that you know, they've had uh, a whole bunch. Uh, I mean, you, you want to talk about managers since he left. So Ferguson left in 13. They had David Moyes. Then they, if you remember, then they had, uh, after they fired David Moyes, they had Ryan Giggs. 
Then they had uh, Louis Van Hall. Then they had Jose Mar- Jose Mourinho. Then they had now they've had uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So since Ferguson, since seven years, they've had you know five managers. And the last time they won the league was the last year of Alex Ferguson's tenure. They haven't won the league since then. Have they won some other things? Yeah, they won the FA Cup in 2015. They've won the League Cup uh, in 2016. Um, Of course, the biggest trophy uh, that they've won was they won the Europa League in 2016. So, you know, sort of like Liverpool, I mean... uh, I'll use this as an example. Sort of like Liverpool wants, you know, the great era of uh, the uh, the Liverpool great era was over. They still managed to win trophies, just not the one they wanted. They won the Champions League. They won the uh, the uh, Europa League, or what was called at that time the uh, um, uh, I'll remember the name of it right now. Uh, pardon me, but it is now the Europa League, the the UEFA Cup, uh, the Europa League. They won the FA Cup. They won the League Cup. So, I mean, Liverpool have had a bunch of trophies that they won in this interim period of forever, but they didn't win the league, and that was the one, of course, that they were desperate to do, so they just did it. So, you know, to get back to the discussion, because I don't want to really dig into Ole Gunnar Solskjaer right this second, uh, because that is what we're going to do here um, <clears throat> in the big segment of the show. The point I'm making is the cyclical, cyclical nature. And, and there are some other teams... We talk about this all week. We'll get off it at the end of this week. But there are some other teams that are definitely ripe in this cyclical era to have problems, and Manchester City are one of them. Now, that's why this match this weekend, and there are a lot of pundits, by the way, saying that Liverpool's defensive frailty are going to cause them problems against Manchester City this weekend. This weekend's match against Manchester City is such a huge one to watch. Because if Manchester City win, it's going to reinvigorate their season for their eighth game. I, believe, I think, don't think Man City have a game in hand. I think, Man, I think it is, in fact, uh, this will be their eighth game. I know it'll be Liverpool's eighth game. It'll reinvigorate their season. If they were to win, it would uh, move them up into 14th, uh, in 14 points. It'll sort of move them closer towards uh, the top four again. And it could really give them a boost. And if Liverpool lose, well, you know, it's going to be further sign of their defensive frailty. On the other hand, I'm going to say this. If Manchester City lose, does it put a lot of heat on Pep Guardiola the same way that we're talking about if Manchester United lose against Everton this weekend? Because are teams going to want to make managerial changes earlier on in this season or later on in this season? The later the season the less time you have to pull out of a dive. If you can see a pattern emerging early on in the season, you want to jump in and correct it. Clearly, if your team has a ton of injuries uh, in October, November, you're going to want to be able to add players in the January window. There's no teams better suited to do that than teams like Liverpool, teams like Manchester City, uh, teams like Everton, teams with money. But by the same token, sometimes it's not just players. Sometimes it's systems. Sometimes it's the whole thing's just gone a little bit stale and you need to make a big change and clear out the house and bring in some fresh faces so that when you start the the season in the January window, you can start afresh. What do you think? Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Just how much pressure do you think Pep Guardiola is under? Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. 
all right i'm gonna take a break come back let's talk champions league football when i get back i promise i won't lie to you again because i'm not a politician be right back after this All right, uh, welcome back to World Soccer Radio. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. We are presented by betonline.ag. I encourage you to go over there and check them out. Lots of great uh, prop bets. You can bet on all your favorite Premier League teams, of course, European teams, Champions League teams, whatever you want. You can bet on it over at betonline.ag. Have a little fun. Please bet responsibly. And you tell them Nick Gieber at World Soccer Radio sent you. Um, by the way, I want to welcome all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. It's great to have you joining us. And if you're listening to us on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network or Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, uh, just a reminder, every day, Monday through Friday, that is, 6 p.m. Pacific. And then again at midnight Pacific, uh, you can hear this show. And uh, I do enjoy bringing it to you. And immediately following the show, you can check us out on our podcast network, which is the Believe Podcast Network. Um, all right, let's get to it, shall we? Because I mentioned I've been well, I've been promising and not delivering, of course, um, which all of my ex-wives will tell you is something that I specialize in on talking Champions League football. So let's do it because we are now halfway through the group stages of the Champions League. Can you believe that? By the way, <coughs> excuse me, halfway through already. It, it blows your mind, but it's such a weird season with the schedule uh, being compressed, uh, with COVID, with uh, watching Champions League games uh, um, in empty stadia, without fan noise if you watch it on CBS. The new way of watching the Champions League, of course, here in the U.S., which is uh, this, the uh, CBS All, As uh, All Access, which is terrific stuff, by the way. Love it. I love the interface. I love the fact you can watch every game. It's, uh, it's really great. But let's get to it. Group A, Bayern Munich, uh, Atletico Madrid, Lokomotiv Moscow, and Salzburg. Obviously, Bayern Munich running away with this, uh, as one would expect, with uh, nine points, no losses, uh, three wins. Uh, I suppose the, the shocker for me is, if you look at this, is that uh, Atletico Madrid only have four points. But if you look at what they've done so far, they've only had... Uh, I want to say one home game, and that was against Salzburg, which they won. Uh, they were away at Lokomotiv Moscow, which is always a tough place to go to Russia and play, and they got a 1-1 draw. And then, of course, they lost uh, away in Munich to Bayern Munich 4-0. So I, I, I think you're going to see for the second half of the group stage a, a massive uh, overperformance by Atletico as they're going to be hosting Moscow, hosting Bayern. And, and that may be a draw, by the way. And um, they are away at uh, Red Bull Salzburg. But that's, uh, you know, s listen, no disrespect to Salzburg. At times, they've been a great team, but they are not one right now. So I do expect Bayern Munich and Atletico to be the two teams to get out of that. If we go to the next group, this is a fascinating one, by the way. Uh, group B is really interesting. First, you've got Borussia Mönchengladbach, who are at the top of the table with five points. And I'm going to get my friend uh, Bob Caldwell on from uh, Ro uh, Fox Rothschild, who is one of the leading soccer attorneys here in the U.S. By the way, he also represents Borussia Mönchengladbach in various matters. So he is a big fan. I'd love to get Bob on. Let's talk, get him on and talk about Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, for, for Borussia Mönchengladbach, they have had a couple of disappointing results. They are still at the top of the table, though, uh, with only one win, though, two draws. 
and their draws were against uh, away at Inter 2-2, which I know they were very upset about that draw. And then at home against Real, uh, pardon me, they were not upset about that draw. They were really upset about the 2-2 draw at home against Real Madrid because, quite frankly, Real Madrid look very fragile these days. Uh, second in, uh, and, and the final match that they had, uh, that they won, was they went to Shakhtar and absolutely whomped on them in Kiev, 6-0, if you can believe that. So the goal differential is really the lifesaver to many respects for Borussia Mönchengladbach, and you know one would think that maybe Inter or Real Madrid could also uh, whomp up on... Um, uh, on Shakhtar, but Shakhtar actually for their other two matches have only uh, conceded, I want to say, two other goals. So uh, they're not quite that weak. Real Madrid, though, looking really, really shaky. Uh, they lost at home to Shakhtar to kick off the group stage, and then they drew away at Borussia Mönchengladbach, as we discussed, but then they did beat Inter 3-2 at home. So Real Madrid currently uh, are currently in second place in that group. And I think that's the big surprise because uh, definitely an opportunity for teams like Gladbach, who are very good teams, to really advance in this tournament. Um, but I think they were very disappointed that they didn't get uh, one of the either the draw against Inter or the draw against Real that they left points on the table. All right, uh, so the battle here is uh, Shakhtar, Madrid, and uh, Inter. Inter, wow, they have yet to win a game on the season two draws. Uh, they have also been conceding a fair number of goals. So that's a fascinating group to watch. Uh, I'm not going to call any winners in that group yet. I feel like I'm uh, one of these news networks with the elections. Uh, group C, Man City. Well, C uh, has Man City, Porto, Olympiacos, and Olympic Marseille. Uh, right now, obviously, your two powerhouses there are Porto and Man City. Man City unbeaten, uh, three, three wins. Uh, Porto... Uh, two wins and a loss, and of course the loss uh, was coming against Man City, where they lost away at the Etihad 3-1. Uh, the reverse side of this, though, there are a couple of fairly tough games. City have to go to Greece to play Olympiacos, although I don't think that's all that tough for them. They have to go to Portugal to play Porto. That should be a good game, and they are going to host Marseille. I think they're going to win that. Look, City are going to win this group and advance to the next level of the Champions League, uh, and I know they are going to be desperate, as their supporters are, uh, for advancement in the Champions League because that is the piece of silver that they all want. Uh, moving on to the next group, Group D is Liverpool, Ajax, Atalanta, and Midland. Uh, Midland, obviously, uh, is struggling. Not a single win. In fact, they've lost all three. No surprises there. Uh, let's talk about some of the results. Liverpool winning 1-0 away in Holland against Ajax to start the group and then beating Midland at home 2-0 and then uh, finally whipping Atalanta, uh, which is, you know, really incredible in Italy, 5-0. I mean, Atalanta, a bit of a high flyer, actually, uh, in the Italian league. They've Their first season sort of uh, in full public knowledge for everybody outside of uh, the league uh, know-it-alls know was really last year where they overperformed in the Champions League, but they were whipped up badly by Liverpool. Liverpool looking very good. Their remaining matches, Liverpool, they're going to host Atalanta at home, they're going to host Ajax at home, and they're going to be away uh, at uh, Midland, and I don't predict there'll be any problems there. I guess the issue is just going to be what players Klopp wants to rest. Um, I'm fully going to expect that the two teams to come out of this are going to be 
Liverpool and yeah, how about this one? Either Ajax or Atlanta. I don't know. They both put in some inconsistent results. They have exact same record. Um, Atlanta beneath Ajax in the table on goal differential. But this one is up in the air. Not going to make any calls on the runners-up of Group D. Group E. Wow, what a season so far for Chelsea in the Champions League. You know, these young players, they're gelling. They've got belief. Frank Lampard seems to really have this team uh, believing that they can win. If they can stay off of injuries and not make stupid mistakes, uh, Frank Lampard has not shown himself to be tactically inept at all. Good man management. Uh, you know, Chelsea, things are looking up if you are a Chelsea supporter. Uh, this is a very simple equation, though. Uh, the two teams to contend with here are Chelsea and Sevilla. They will be the ones coming out of this group. They are identical on points. Uh, Chelsea have a far better goal differential. I think a good example of this is the game at Stamford Bridge, which was uh, like the end of last month, October 20th. It was like the previous, the first match day one. Uh, Chelsea and Sevilla fought to a nil-nil draw. So the question is going to be who's going to come out on top, who's going to come out on bottom. I'm going to say who's going to come out on top is all going to come down to the final, uh, to the final match between Chelsea and Sevilla, which is going to be um, December the 2nd, which uh, it will be obviously in Seville. So we will see uh, who will win that one. That's where the winner is going to come down to. Uh, the next group, Borussia Dortmund, Lazio, Bruges, and Zenit. Uh, this is uh, a group where no one's really performing all that beautifully, to be honest with you. Yeah, Borussia Dortmund got a nice win against Lazio away. They beat Zenit at home. They beat Bruges away. Bruges and, and, and Zenit, not particularly good teams. The victory away at Lazio was huge for them. Borussia will come out on top of this. I suspect that Lazio will come out second. So... <clears throat> We will see where things go here. The next group, Group G, uh, and I've got to kind of hurry this along here. We've got Barcelona and Juve are going to come out on top. Um, I'm not quite sure who's going to go one, who's going to go two. Uh, right now, I'd be tempted to say Barcelona are going to go come out on top only because of the 2-0 victory they took away at Juventus. Um, but we will see. And, of course, the huge match for that one is going to be <coughs> the, uh, the match at the at Camp Nou, it's the final match of the season uh, of the of the group stages, uh, which will be Barcelona Juventus. Winner of that will come out on top. And finally, Man United, Leipzig, PSG, and uh, Istanbul, Basakshir. Uh, I would have said Man United are a lock to come out on top of this group, but then they had that absolutely shocking result against Istanbul uh, away, losing 2-1, and that's pretty embarrassing, by the way. That on the back of a 5-0 thrumping thumping of Red Bull uh, Leipzig uh, at home back at Old Trafford. And, of course, they kicked it off with a win away at PSG. Uh, United's Champions League performance outside of the last match has been a lot better than their league performance. I think they're going to come out on top. The interesting thing for me is going to be to watch PSG. They've got, they're going to be hosting Leipzig. They're going to be away at Old Trafford. And um, then they're going to be hosting Istanbul. It's all going to be down to the United-PSG match at Old Trafford. If United can win that one, uh, then they will come out on top. All right, that's our Champions League whip around. I'm going to step aside, take a break. And when I come back, let's talk a bit more United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You're listening to World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also on Sirius XM 211 Dan Patrick Sports. I'll be right back after these messages. <laughs>
All right, Nick Uber here with you on World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. Uh, on the Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, as well as uh, the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, American Forces, and of course, heard daily on the Believe Podcast Network. Actually, before I get into the show, let me tell you a little bit about uh, a couple of other podcasts on the Believe Podcast Network. You need to check it out, these guys out, particularly if you are a fan of the beautiful game. First, there's BSI, the podcast. This is hosted by a um, couple of uh, former players, USL and MLS players. They got Benny Failharbor, they got Sal Zizo, they got Ike Opara. Now, BSI, the podcast, uh, it's a show where the hosts call up a weekly guest. They talk soccer, they talk current events, and have a little fun, talk behind the scenes. And then they uh, have a favorite section. Actually, one of my favorite sections, uh, Ike Opara has Ike's interrogation, and they pepper their guests with fan questions. Also, my friend, New York legend, Shep Messing has his daily podcast at the Believe Podcast Network. Um, he talks all things New York Red Bulls on a daily basis. Great stuff. Love Shep. Been a massive part of the American soccer scene for decades. So look, if you're a protector of the Passaic, if you're a soccer fan, or you're just a sports fan, check out BSI the podcast and the Shep Messing daily cast today. Now, wherever you listen to your podcasts or subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, now look, Talking about global football, because I know we're talking you know, specifically in the, when I was talking about Shep and Ike and BSI, you know, a lot of that's American soccer. Uh, you know, this show, World Soccer, uh, World Soccer Radio, we talk obviously the global game. I think the biggest issue we're going to have to come to terms with in the Premier League is if you're a Manchester United fan, it, it, the most poignant is issue is going to be what are they going to do about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer now coming off what happened today which was a loss uh, in Turkey uh, their first loss in the group stage in the Champions League coming off the loss last weekend to Arsenal <clears throat> a huge match this weekend against Everton at Goodison Park we talked about this a little bit yesterday on the show but the fact of the matter is, and the and the papers are reporting this, this isn't just my prognostication, although I have been saying this for a while. If he doesn't win that Everton game, I'm pretty sure he's going to get the sack. I, I, now, I think it's unfortunate um, because I'm not really sure he deserves it. The one thing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can, can point to is the fact that he picked up Man United by their bootstraps last season and they finished in the Champions League positions. And I think that's, you know, uh, really quite an achievement. But it's really quite an achievement, and we forget this, because they were having such a crappy season before then. And I'm going to tell you what I mean specifically, okay? If we go back to last season and we go to United and we look at where they were, they were in 14th position uh, towards the end of October, nine games in. And everybody was talking about you. Yeah, they won two games in nine. And everyone was talking about what a disaster they were and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was going to get fired and, you know, everything was terrible. And you remember this? I remember this vividly. Gosh, I mean, I was on the air. We were talking about this almost on a daily basis. 
But then he kind of brought them back. And when I say kind of brought them back, <clears throat> I mean between a terrible defeat they had away at Bournemouth, losing 1-0 on the road. From that position on uh, the end of October when they were in 14th, by the end of December, they were up in 5th. And yeah, they had kind of a rough December, to be honest with you. They lost 2-0 uh, away at Arsenal. They lost to Liverpool. <clears throat> Uh, but the shock result was the 2-0 loss at home to Burnley. And, and I think at that point, people were thinking, you know, United are in fifth, kind of a bad run of form. Burnley lost was a shocker. Let's see where they go. And at that, from that point onwards, we have to say Ole Gunnar Solskjaer really pulled the team up and they didn't lose a single game from um, uh, end of January through to the end of the season. 13-game streak with no losses. And that's what people are looking at him saying, yeah, but he got him into Champions League position. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, they were crap most of last season. They put together a string of inconsistent results. They um, didn't score anywhere near the number of goals that they needed to score. And they were basically, you know, it was... <laughs> David De Gea had a lot to do with Man United being where it was. This season, it's just been, it's just gone from bad to worse for United. Anyway, I think you can make of some value judgments about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Look, I, I think no, nothing was more indicative of the problems with Solskjaer than last week against Arsenal, where I thought he was outcoached by Mikel Arteta. Two guys that really are sort of um, uh, equals in terms of legendary players and, you know, players that have had uh, enormous <clears throat> success on the pitch and have made the transition to manager. Although, it's funny, you know, Arteta, uh, an Everton legend, actually, uh, more than anything. I don't think Solskjaer's tactical news is as nearly as good as other managers of his ilk. However, I don't think it's all that bad. And I think he's learning, and I think he's developing, and I think he's growing. I think what you get with Solskjaer is a steady hand, a guy that's able to relate to his players, and a guy that the fans get behind, who the fans are not really going to be calling for his head because he is a Manchester United legend. That is, and that takes the heat off ownership. I mean, in many respects, it was a very calculated move by ownership to appoint Solskjaer as boss because it was going to placate the fans. It's unlikely they were going to be calling for his head. And if Solskjaer fell flat on his face, ownership could say, yeah, maybe he wasn't ready. Maybe he wasn't quite the guy, but look, you loved him. Everybody loved him. He's a legend. We did what we thought we had to. No one was going to fault them for bringing Solskjaer in. So it was a very low-risk appointment by the Glazers to take the helm at United. Uh, but I think the problem for me with Man United uh, is less to do with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who, as I just mentioned, I, I don't actually think is you know tactically that great of a manager yet. He may well become a great manager. It has to do with the squad. And I want to take a look at the squad for a minute. Uh, they brought in Cavani. You know, okay, fine. Cavani's an older player. He's a good player. But uh, Igalo, Greenwood. They've got Palistri. They've got Van der Beek. They've got McTominay. 
Matic, Daniel James, Fred, Jesse Lingard, Juan Mata. You, you, you know, all of these players are either past their prime or they're just not good enough. I mean, they still got Marcus Rojo on the books. They do have some excellent players. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they've got some really, really good players. Uh, you know, uh, if Anthony Martial, Marcus Rashford, who, by the way, I am a massive admirer of Marcus Rashford, not because of what he did on the pitch, but because what he's done off the pitch. And if ever there was a player that would bring pride and, um, and bragging rights to his club, uh, what Marcus Rashford did in, uh, in putting together a consortium to feed one and a half million hungry uh, British children is, is, worthy of, uh, is worthy of a medal, quite frankly. Um, if you're a United supporter, I hope your chest swell with pride uh, when you talk about Marcus Rashford just for what he does off the pitch. On the pitch, he's pretty bloody good too. Anthony Martial, fantastic. I mean, Bruno Fernandes, what a signing. Paul Pogba, what can you say? I love De Gea, he's a great goalkeeper. The problem that I have is that the rest of the guys they have on that team are either just not good enough, and I'm sorry, McTominay falls into that. Harry Maguire falls into that. I know he was a much vaunted, you know, uh, what do they pay? They paid a fortune for Harry Maguire. I just don't think he's good enough. And that's the problem. He doesn't have a good enough squad. And that there are some names on that squad now that are just shells of the former players they used to be. And there are some great players, sure, but kind of, it's like an Oreo cookie. The, the, the meaty bit in the middle isn't there. And that's the problem the United have. They need to invest in the squad. But are they going to be able to invest in the squad when there's, you know, no fans coming through the gate? Were they suffering losses because of COVID? The answer is no. Is getting rid of um, Solskjaer the answer? No. Is getting rid of Solskjaer going to be the excuse? Are they going to make Solskjaer the scapegoat? I think they likely are if he loses against Everton this weekend. Who would they bring in? Well, I mean, the one name I can think of is Mauricio Pochettino. I'm sure there are others out there, but they're going to have to bring in a big-name manager. He's currently unemployed. Uh, and uh, I don't think you could say that Pochettino is um, technically inept. Where Pochettino maybe is weaker at is some of his man management skills and there are people by the way that say he's not an elite manager like Klopp and Guardiola but you know what I, he is an elite manager and there are a lot of elite managers in the Premier League you can add that to uh, Klopp and Pochettino and um, uh, um, um, God I'm having an absolute brain freeze right now uh, you will excuse <laughs> you will excuse me for a minute I guess that's just age I guess that happens to you um Ancelotti, of course, and you've got Bielsa. And, I mean, there's some great managers in the Premier League. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Pochettino would be great to have him back in the Premier League. Is he the guy? Is he a technical? Is he a technician? Yes. Is he a tactician? Yes. Is he uh, an X's and O's guy? Yes. He's very much a manager of the new ilk. He's supposedly a sort of young, younger version of, uh, of, of the special one. Of course, I forgot to mention Jose Mourinho when I'm talking about elite managers in the Premier League, so you'll excuse me. Um, he's kind of everything that Solskjaer is not. 
And that may be the easy appointment to make. And then you can say, I let Solskjaer go because, you know, we're struggling at the bottom, middle of the table. We're not doing well. Bad results. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to bring in Pochettino. And then it becomes easy to fire Pochettino after that if he doesn't get the job done. It puts the pressure off ownership once again. That's why I think they're going to sack him this weekend if he doesn't beat Everton. So, this match over the weekend, despite the fact there's a Manchester City-Liverpool clash coming up, is huge. Huge for a lot of reasons. But the number one reason is, I believe that he's going to get the sack if he doesn't win. What do you think? Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'm sorry for the uh, long pauses at times here. For some reason, I'm having a little difficulty putting my, my thoughts together here. I don't know, maybe I need to go see the doctor. Just kidding. I'll be fine. A little bit more coffee takes care of everything. All right, this is World Soccer Radio presented by betonline.ag. Talk to you in a bit. All right, welcome back, World Soccer Radio. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show, but most importantly, I hope you'll make me a regular part of your week. You can find me at 6 p.m. Pacific time and then again at midnight Pacific time on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm on the American Forces Network. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on TuneIn. And of course, our podcast is available everywhere you want to, want to get it, courtesy of our podcast network, the Believe Podcast Network. Just uh, go to iTunes or search any of your favorite podcast providers, and you will find us there. I want to thank our presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, look, do me a favor. Go check them out, because without them, this show doesn't happen. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, viewer numbers and what you want to see and the type of programming you want. Nothing works without subscribers and nothing works without sponsors. So I want to thank you for listening and subscribing to my podcast and subscribing to SiriusXM and listening to the stations of the Sports Byline Network. And I want to thank betonline.ag for making all of this possible with their sponsorship of this show. By the way, they take great prop bets on the Premier League. They're going to have every match tomorrow. We're going to go down every match in the Premier League for you. I'm going to give you my picks. I'm going to look and see if there's any great betting odds there, things that might maybe give you a little edge. If you're going to bet, though, as always, please be sure to bet responsibly. And that is a regular feature of this show on Fridays. We'll do our Premier League preview show and we'll try to run it all the way through like if they're Monday games we'll run it through to Monday and then during the week generally I'll try to do Champions League preview shows gets a little more dicey though with the way the Champions League is staggered in terms of match start times and the way the show ro rolls but I'll almost always try to give you some quality picks for the Champions League so once again uh, Monday through Friday 6 p.m. Pacific and nine, uh, 9 Eastern and again midnight Pacific 3 a.m. Eastern the overnight i'm on the sports over on my own i'm on sports overnight america find me on twitter at nick eber n-i-c-k-g-e-b-e-r love to hear from you send me some questions let's talk on the air love to do it ray orozco we're going to get you on he's been sending me copious notes also facebook facebook.com forward slash world soccer we uh, world soccer radio until tomorrow speak to you then have a great night hey,
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.